0: brother asked me to teach it. So I took eight or nine lessons and combined it into one and we had a Sunday school class. But tonight is on discipline. In chapter eight, the next component of a fellowship is the area of discipline. Discipline is very, very important. Uh, The Bible does instruct us in the way in which to discipline members of the church. Even the pastor may come under local church discipline. The local church is the Lord's Jesus Christ church. Don't belong to the pastor. Don't belong to the deacons. Don't belong to the congregation. This church and the church is not the building. It's the people. Lost people and meet here and there would not be a church meeting church is where saved people come together to worship and to learn so uh, uh, Christ is the head of the church and as the head he has set men throughout the body to carry out his will to begin with in 1st Timothy if you have your Bibles turn to 1st Timothy and uh, let's read that uh, portion of scripture and comment on it briefly but as we look at this and we look at this study it's very important uh, I don't know why but uh, people have problems with it and you can see what lack of discipline does in the family you see what lack of discipline does in the schools i mean anywhere you want to speak it, when there is no discipline you got chaos and that, that is just facts god said in first timothy chapter 5 and verse 19 Against an elder received not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. What's he talking about? If you're going to rebuke me for anything it ought to be with two or three witnesses. If you do not have two or three people when you accuse me you're a candidate for discipline if we would do it exactly the way the Bible teaches. It ought to be that way about anything. If you're going to come up to Brother Steve and accuse him of something, you better have somebody with you. The Bible speaks of two or more as a witness of what you said. address the rebuke of a pastor. Some preachers stop at the words against an elder or pastor. Receive not an accusation. However, the verse does not end there, for it continues, and except before two or three witnesses. I've, I've had people rebuke me, never amount to nothing because they didn't have any witnesses. Matter of fact, two out of the three that did that, they were disciplined. It's serious to charge somebody with something, and you're not man or woman enough to stand up and say, I said that. I said that. You know, I even take it when somebody asks me, you know, are you saved? And most people say, well, I attend church. That wasn't the question. Lost people attend church. All kinds of people attend church. But if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. You ought to holler it to the loudest that. yes, I'm a child of the king. I'm blood washed, spirit born. God saved me and he added me to this church. It's been a long time since any member did that And that person called me up and said, I want to tell you, I was encouraged with brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Because we got the idea that our salvation is personal. Well, the act of salvation is. But everybody that's saved is a witness. Is a witness. And if I was ashamed to let somebody know that I'm a child of the king... I don't know if I'm a child of the king. I was married to a woman for 55 years. I didn't care who knew I loved her. didn't bother me at all. And God is a lot more important than my wife or your wife. So, a witness is not one who simply agrees with someone else, yet did not see the matter. In question take place rather, a witness is one who was there and saw or heard the situation as it happened. A witness is not one who gets second seconds, well, I wasn't there, but so-and-so, you know, if so-and-so said something, you'd mark it down. That's a statement of a foolish person. You don't know what that person will do under stress. You know what that person ought to do, but you don't know what that person will will do. So we we really go out on a limb and we're putting pressure upon someone that didn't ask for that type of pressure. So a witness is not simply a with someone. A witness is one who was there and saw or heard the situation as it happened. If that witness did see the situation, then notice... What God says in First Timothy chapter five and verse twenty, them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. When I was first saved and I was a member of Grace Baptist Church in Georgetown, when a person was up for discipline. They weren't as nice or or as they were right and preachers are wrong now and churches are wrong now. You got a right as a member of the church to know why that person is being disciplined. The same way that your child has a right to know why you're whipping them or taking some rights away. Well, I'm, I'm... I'm the husband, I'm the dad, I'm boss. A lot of hot air. You're not going to teach. Discipline is to teach. That's what discipline's about. It's not to show who's boss or who's in authority. That is to teach that person. So every time you discipline your children, they ought to know why. But you'd be surprised that the Baptist fathers has told me they know I'm not going to waste my time telling sometimes they don't know. God says you know the apostle Paul himself followed the scriptural process in discipline in Galatians notice with me please in the book of Galatians. Notice what God said. As we uh, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Galatians chapter two, verse eleven. God said, "But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed." What does that mean? I mean if I'm accusing Brother Steve of something, I shouldn't tell his wife, I should go to him. Face to face. You would you would be amazed of how all that nonsense that happens when you discipline somebody would be gone. The children would learn up, taught by loving parents that said, this is why I'm taking this away from you. This is why you can't do that, you know. That's the only way discipline. God has disciplined me many times, and I don't know about you, but I've never had to ask God, why are you doing it? Never. Never. Because I know what the Bible teaches and I know when I don't follow it and when I don't follow it, God is going to deal with me whether the church knows it or not. God said in Galatians 2, 12, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles but when they were come, he withdrew, separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. What does that say, Paul? We'll fellowship with somebody when there's nobody in the church knows it. When I'm on vacation, when I'm out of town. I mean, I, me and my wife went to. Jettlenburg one time. We went however long. We was married to us many times, but we went, <laughs> went to Jettlenburg. It's probably somewhere else in this country besides Jettlenburg. I just haven't got around to it. But uh, we went into to a restaurant. Here's one of our members, a husband, the wife. One had a beer. One had a glass of wine. It's all right because they're on vacation. Wrong. See, we are so concerned about what people knows and what people see instead of realizing that God knows it all. He knows it all. So he said here, in Galatians 2, notice verse 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with the dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, You notice that? He said, well, I'll wait till the crowd thins out and I'll call him to the side. And then what Scripture said. He said unto Peter, before them all, if thou being a Jew live after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compelest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? In other words, What verse 14, the last part, is saying, why do you tell me I should be doing this when you don't do it? Is that not what that verse teaches? When he rebuked Peter, who was an elder or pastor before all, you see, fellowship is not tolerant of sin. Notice what I mean in 1 John. 1 John, when we see what God's Word teaches... All right, First John chapter 1, verse 6. God said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we what? We lie. Can you imagine lying to the Lord? That's what we do when we do something we shouldn't do and then lie out of it. God said, if we say we have fellowship with him, I'm in fellowship with God. But I'm walking in darkness. You know, you would not believe the times that I have been called to a a house where the man and his wife is arguing, and she's got a black eye, bloody nose, and he looks at me and said, Pastor, tell her I love her. I'm a preacher, not a musician don't love your wife when you knock her around. You say, well, people get mad. That's the problem. We got grace to keep us from losing our temper. We just don't use it. He said his grace is sufficient. Verse 7, he said, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, I can be cordial, you know, and some, what I thought was good Christian people have invited my wife and I out for, for supper and we would go and they thought all people drank wine or beer or champagne at after dinner. I guess it didn't bother them. Now I could have got mad because they didn't respect me. They didn't respect my wife. But I, asked God, I said, "Now you, you help me to keep my mouth shut because they'll ask me." Sooner or later, why didn't I do it? And God's opened up a door. I didn't make a mess. They asked me. See, didn't God say we should always be ready to give an account of what we believe? See, if you can't at least explain A little bit of why you believe something. How do you know you believe it? That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense, Pastor. Next, although the New Testament has several applicable passages concerning the discipline of church members, we will examine only two main passages in this chapter. First, let's consider First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Now, when we look at the Bible and we look at what God has has said, you know, First Corinthians, I believe, is chapter five. We have heard this many, many times, but you know, uh, let's go to First Corinthians five, verse nine. God said, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Well, Pastor, they know I don't approve of it, but you know, they're still my friends. Great. What does the scripture say? Not to company with fornicators. But let's be honest. It's written to the church. First Corinthians is the church letter, Steve. And God said, the only way that you can fellowship with a fornicator in the church is take their privileges away from them, and that's done through church discipline. Amen. How do you teach kids not to do something again? You discipline them. God said in verse 10, Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with covetous, or extortioner, or with idolaters, for then must ye need go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is what? Called. See, a lot of people are called Christians. They wouldn't know Christ if they came in and ate dinner with him. They'd know him by name. they know him through little Bible screw skits. You Want to raise a child that grows up to be somebody like John the Baptist, you got to start teaching them Bible very early. Keep your little poems to put them to sleep. Play a game. But God said here, or with the dollars before then, must he needs go out of the world. So that verse teaches us we're not talking about the people outside of the church, we're talking about the people inside the church, we're talking about the people inside the home. See, that is, I can't help what somebody else's kids do but I can help what my kids do. But you've got to be firm on that. These are the rules at our house. You don't follow them, you don't live here. I don't win any Nobel Prize for teaching that. I believe it and I practiced it. But especially in the house, if we know that somebody is drinking on a regular basis, they're being unfaithful to their spouse on a regular basis, they're lying on a regular basis, they shoplifting on a regular basis, and we keep them on the roll because they're just nice people. Of course they are. You don't think a man that cheats on his wife is going to be a rough Where If he did, something, somebody would... No, no, it's somebody that if you look at him, you think, man, I, I, he's got a great relationship. Not what goes under that roof. It's what goes outside that roof. God is saying here, but now have I written unto you not to keep company, Let me put some emphasis here. 1 Corinthians is written to what? A church. Not written to an individual, it's written to the church. Corinthians was a church. He said, but now have I written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother. I can't see nobody's heart. I can't know whether anybody's real or not. Kick on Steve because he's up front. I believe Steve's saved, but I can't see his heart. I don't follow him around 24-7. But see, I know my Bible well enough to know whether it be Steve or, or Mike or uh, any other, other men, any other women. If you're playing a game, one day, one day you're going to slip up and the eggs is going to... Because God doesn't always deal with you on Sunday. So he said, I've written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an adulterer or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one no." Not to eat. What's he talking about? Lord's Supper. And a man got right up in my face one time and said, you have no right to, to keep me from taking the Lord's Supper. And I said, you're absolutely right. I don't, but God's Word does. But see, people don't know the Bible. They've gone to churches years and they've never... Gave him anything but milk. They not tell everybody Jesus loves everybody. You love Jesus, and you can be saved. You can't find that in the Bible. If if God before God saved Henrietta, He granted her repentance and faith. She had to repent you had to believe and then action came through the body <coughs> god said in verse 12 for what have i to do to judge them also that are without do not ye judge them that are within We have no problem talking about somebody we know outside. I think, you know, either things have got better or Brother Steve has got thicker, you know, plugs. But he had a problem. People he's working with says, "I think they just trust and went on to try to activate you." That's the way people do. Well, God said, for what have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not judge them, do not ye judge them that are within. can't judge anybody that is not in our group. And, and the church is not saying, hey, if you want to drink, that's fine. That's your business. If you want to lie, if you want to steal, if you whatever you want to do, we're not going to stop you. But I know a man real well He told his children, especially his son, his son got locked up for stealing, for drunk driving, for drinking, for fighting. And he took his son, brought him home after picking him up at the police station, looked him right straight in the eye and said, if you don't stop doing this, I'm going to demand something you. You change your last name. because I'm tired of people calling me and telling me that that whatever his last name was, say, well, they picked him up again. Change your last name if you're not going to follow the rules. So what are the rules? Right here. And then I've had people look me right in the face. I'm not going to let some little old black book tell me what to do. You really have no control over that because if God truly saved you, you can't help but let that book control you. Did you hear that? Sure. I'm not going to come home at a certain time. You think that woman's going to control me? If you love her, you want to be home. See, there's, it's so simple, but yet, bad The churches are the worst What you're doing, you're loving that individual more than you love God, and God's going to whoop you. God said, For so what have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judge them. That means that that lost person that goes out and gets drunk and pop drugs and go out and, you know, do everything wrong, we may leave him alone because he's not a member of the church body. We have no authority. But God said, I'll take care of him. And what you do ten years ago, God may wait twenty years before he deals with you. But he'll deal with you. He'll deal with you. But them that are without God judges. See, God takes care of the ones that are out. You know, we notice in the that People should not company with. Should not company with. That's what God is saying. Now, in Second Corinthians, that's why I like you, but probably, probably, I don't know what you do. Not. It's, it's really none of my business. I hope that if you, you use some of these things as a personal body study. Personal Bible study. But in Second Corinthians chapter 2, this is the second example. When we look at Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6, sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. So that counterwise ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that ye would confess Firm your love toward him. Now, First Corinthians five is not the end of the story. We all know what that is, but uh, here in Second Corinthians two six through eight shows us that this man did repent. Paul then tells them to restore him because when a man admits he's wrong and you know, that's, that's how we reestablish. You know, we don't take that man a, a disciplined member, and I know some pastors that disagree with me, but I know I'm right because the Bible teaches it. God's ad, God adds to the church, and only God can take you out of the church. When we discipline somebody, we take their privileges away. When I disciplined my children, they didn't cease to be my children. I just took some privileges away. And that's what happens when you're disciplined. But if the church doesn't back it up, then it's it just blowing hot, hot air. But see, uh, we need to un- understand here, you know, in First Corinthians chapter 5, when it's talking about it is reported verse 1 it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as name among the gentiles that one should have his father's wife and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you You know what that church was doing? It's just like the man that I was at his house making a visit and his son was getting ready to go out on a date and his father, who is ignorant and a rotten tomato, told his son, make old dad proud. You know what his dad was telling him? Sure you do. I don't have to paint that on the wall. What kind of dad is going to do that? When he said that, I should have got up and left because I had nothing to offer him. When I was making him proud for his son to go out and sin. You may say, well, I've been saved a long time. I ain't never heard of that. Well, because most preachers don't preach the Bible. They preach specs depending on how size the congregation is. God said, verse 2, And ye are puffed up, and have not ever mourned, that he have done this deed, and might be taken away among you? For I verily, as absent in body, and present in spirit, have judged already. God's already judged him. If I sin today, God's already got it down in the book. But if I've sinned, open sin, whether I'm pastor, deacon, or Sunday school teacher, God doesn't have favors. The word goes to every member from the pulpit to the back door. He's got to, you've got to admit you're wrong. Members, back the word. You don't help your kids by encouraging them to do wrong. And if you know they're doing something wrong and you keep silent, you're encouraging it. See, I I just love verse 3. Jesus is saying, For I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that have so done this deed. When that man was (laughs) sleeping with his stepmother, nobody had to tell God. God knew it. And we think we're going to get away with it because nobody knows about it. It don't make any difference whether anybody else knows about it. If you're lost or saved, God knows everything you do. That's why people don't like when a preacher preaches, everyone's going to stand before God on judgment. The lost man will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and you'll see your whole life flash right before you. That song is a cute little song. It was on well, one of the things here a couple weeks ago. You know got some good music on, on your iPhone. It's about the only thing it's fitting for, but uh, you get some good music. <laughs> if, if you think if they think that all of those songs that are good, listen to the flesh are scriptural, man, you ain't read your Bible. God said, not brother (coughs) Vance, for I verily as absent in body, present in spirit, have judged already. He's already wrote it down in the book. And as I stand before God as a saved man, God will, my whole life will flash right before me. I'll see everything that I've done right and everything that I've done wrong. And yet people don't like when I say not everybody's going to be in the bride of Christ. What do y'all think? God didn't just want to take what the devil didn't want? His bride is going to make be made up of people who were a member of a Baptist Church, they were faithful, what they knew they practiced. I had a man text me yesterday, I stayed on the phone with him, I don't know how long, texting. He said, uh, You know, I know you're probably right, but you know, I, I I just don't see it. It doesn't matter whether you see it or not. Acknowledge it, you read it. You, you don't have to. God said, For I barely as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already. The moment, the first time that idiot went to bed with his stepmother, God saw it. Matter of fact, he's seen that he was going to do it before he did it, Steve. Amen. You think God's just going to. Well, that's in the past. Let's talk about the day. You can't live pure today if you haven't tried to at least take care of the past. Well, how can I take care of the past? God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me of my stupidness. Save my soul. Give me a spirit. Give me a hearing so I can hear the word of God, understand the word of God. Then he said in verse 4, in the same name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Holy, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver, notice now, verse 5, to deliver such as and unto Satan for what? For what? For the destruction of the flesh. Well, he says suddenly died. No, he didn't. God knew when I was going to be born, and he knows when I'm going to die. Right. Amen. I mean, it did it so plain who delivers such as one under Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus but people will tell you I'm going to live while I'm living and I'll take my chances at the judgment seat there's no chance (laughs) when you leave this earth it's already in stone brother And it's not because of your mother, your father, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your grandmother, the way the boss treats you. It's how you treated Jesus Christ. Your glory is not good, knowing not that a little leaven, leaven is representative of sin. I just told a little white lie it wasn't no big lie, Mama. Oh, so it's all right if you just tell a, a little bit lie. lies. Lies are lies. Amen. And there's preachers that preach lies from the pulpit every Sunday, every Wednesday night because they don't preach it all. He said to deliver such as one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. What we're doing is so important that we're going to take our chance? I don't know a lot of things. I don't know whether I'll make it home tonight. I don't know whether I'll die tonight. I don't know nothing about what's going to happen to me a second from now. But I know one thing. If God takes a last breath out of me today, I know where I'm headed. Just look for me at Jesus' feet. Then things really don't upset you too much because if you believe the way I believe, uh, God's going to protect me. I don't know what. I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I can't leave here and to take that car of mine and drive 80, 90 miles an hour on, on, the, on that road, to, just That's too pitiful. But if I do what I'm supposed to do, if I have my car in good shape, I'm driving the way I know how to drive, God's going to protect me. But I've heard people say, I'm probably the best driver in this town. Hmm. See, so... Read Matthew eighteen fifteen through seventeen, this teaches concerning specific steps involved in the church discipline that comes directly from the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. Notice if you're there in Matthew eighteen fifteen, Matthew eighteen fifteen, verse fifteen that the first step in this process is to go directly to the sinning person. If he rep- repents, hey, ain't no one necessary, right? right? You know, if somebody tells a lie on me, I'd go front him, and that person looks at me and says, "Pastor, I'm sorry. I, 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 that's all I can say. I, I, I'm so sorry, br- brother. I ask you to forgive me. What is my job to forgive him?" Not, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget it. Then you didn't forgive him. You think God, when God saved me, he put those sins as far as it is to the east? Never! To see him again. What are the sins I'm going to be judged on? The sins I've committed since the day I was saved. When I was lost, I didn't know no better. Those sins are not going to take me to hell because he paid the penalty on those. But they can sure cause me a miserable life. First step in this process is go directly to the sinner in person. But see, that's too, that's too easy, It's too simple. Uh rest the two pages are the commentary for you to read, but if you didn't understand what I said tonight, if you don't agree with it, especially, take those first two pages, look up the scriptures in order. Man, you know. I used to hear my mom whip. You know, daddy didn't didn't do much of whipping. Mom was the enforcer. <laughs> and I used to hear her say, it, it hurts me worse than it hurts you. And in my mind, I didn't got myself into too much trouble to say anything else. So in my mind, I said, yeah, right. But as a parent, I know what she meant. But because you love your children, you got to. You don't want to, you got to. Heavenly Father, we thank you.